Welcome to another episode of Whiskey and Match. Welcome back to another episode of Whiskey and Mash. I'm Chris Pullman. And I'm Gloria Ackerman. And if this is your first time listening to us, this is a podcast where we watch a couple episodes of Mash, the TV show, have a little whiskey drink, and then review the episodes. This week, uh, we will be talking about Lieutenant Francis John Patrick Mulcahy, as well as the episodes... Episode 17, Sometimes You Hear the Bullet, and Episode 18, Dear Dad Again. Okay. So, to start off, um, Francis John Patrick Mulcahy, or John Francis Patrick Mulcahy. Apparently there are two different ways that can go. Um, He was not in the original MASH. William Christopher wasn't. No. Yep. That actor, in the MASH pilot... It was George Morgan. According to the wiki, uh, the showrunners decided that they needed a quirkier priest. So they got uh, William Christopher, who then ended up being Father Mulcahy for the run of the series. Worth noting that in the series, he wasn't considered a regular, uh, at least through the first season. I think it might have been season two where he started being... Until Did then, him and Klinger start together? Basically, Same. yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Father Mulcahy and Corporal Klinger end up being guest stars throughout a lot of the second half, certainly, of the first season. So, um, Father Mulcahy is a Catholic priest, but does all religions, and just a genuine, genuine guy who likes to farm, likes to do... Um, he boxes. He boxes. We'll see in a couple episodes. Yep. Um, he uses that to help at times, both himself and others. He tries to use boxing to help BJ with an issue. Um, yeah, he's the chaplain for the unit. So in a season one episode, we hear him saying a Jewish prayer over mm-hmm. um, a soldier by the name of Goldstein when he was in surgery. Um, what else? We often... Like he in, does a lot for the orphans. Yep, for mm-hmm. uh, the orphanage nearby, which isn't always... He ceased your tree. I don't know why I started having an accent. Uh, isn't <laughs> Sister always, Teresa. <laughs> isn't always Sister <laughs> Teresa, but yep, he's always very interested in helping the orphans. Um, he, we often see him doing confession. Mm-hmm. Which we see in one of these episodes. Yep. Uh, He's very concerned about the spiritual well-being of his flock. In one episode, he ends up getting hepatitis. And... uh, Mm, Don't remember that one. Yep. Hawkeye uh, is telling him that he has to stay away from people. And he gets very concerned about not being able to give people communion. He He can't touch them. So he can't give them the host or else he'd infect them. And... He says, at least, let's rig up something so I can hear confessions through, like, a flap in the tent. Ah. That sort of thing. Um, in the movie, Father Mulcahy is in the movie as well. He was played by Rene, I'm not going to be able to say the last name correctly, Abishinoa. 
Abergenoi. Uh, I know him as Odo on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, but that's who played Father Mulcahy in the movie. Uh, and he's there throughout the series. His last episode is Goodbye, Farewell, and Amen, which was the oh, really? last episode of the series. Yeah, so he's in it throughout. Okay. You know, behind Hawk, like we said last week, behind Hawkeye and Margaret, him and Klinger are in the most episodes. Just, okay. just because they join the cast in season one and then they don't leave. And what I find interesting is I saw in real in a different movie with Sixty mm-hmm. Eight Egg Roll, Klinger and Father Mulcahy play hippies mm-hmm. on a bus. So I think that their friendship goes way back because that was a Doris Day movie. That could be. So th- their friendship, I think, goes way way back. Mm-hmm. When Christopher is, I love him as an actor. I love how he plays Father Mulcahy. Um. What else to say about him? Um, something that came out of the movie that didn't survive long in the series, they called him Dago Red. Oh, yes. A kind of a uh, uh, cheap, le- what is it? they say here, a type of cheap Italian wine. I think it's also a playoff of like Dago, you know, father. Okay. And Red because he's supposed to be Irish. So red hair oh we actually find that out in a episode where hawkeye goes to the peace talks and he he goes saying it part of the impetus is that he sees too much uh green and white there's not enough color and so they uh mash gets together and dyes everything red and father mulcahy he i don't think he dies he i think he dyes his hair but something like he didn't really have to oh okay but because we, it's red here. yeah, but you know, we get the impression certainly that he is Irish. So I don't remember that episode. Did they end up realizing that red is a color of blood? Or? I think that was, I'm not sure. That might have been part of it. But okay. But just thinking about it, I think Dago Red might also be, that. you know, from the fact that I think he's Irish. Irish supposedly a lot of red hair. Yeah. Dago father, so right. Dago Red. But again, that doesn't last real long in the series not a lot to say because unlike most of the other characters we don't see father Mulcahy like fooling around (laughs) (laughs) he's a priest he's actually one of the good guys uh sydney caring caring. in one of the episodes sydney says how it amazes him how father Mulcahy, with no training is a therapist to the camp he does his best with what little he has because he listens. Because he listens. That's, sometimes that's all you need to do is listen. Yeah. That's what people need, someone to listen to. There's another episode, once they have the O Club, where he's serving as bartender, and he's listening to people's problems, but the priest in him comes through because every time he goes to talk to somebody, he turns his head and puts his hand up. <laughs> as to, if he's listening. Uh, as if he's listening <laughs> through a confessional. Uh, he plays the piano. Yes. We see that a lot. Uh, including in the Oak Club a lot. Um, what else? There are a few other things that keep coming up and then I forget them. He has a sister, who is a sister. Yes, and his sister got promoted, and <laughs> he think, eventually does. But yeah, yeah, he eventually becomes a captain, and I think his sister eventually becomes Mother Superior, or something like that. Something higher up. But yeah. she starts out as uh, Sister Mary Frances, and. I remember in one episode, I think it was a male episode, a mailbag episode, where he gets uh, 
uh, letter from his sister where she's saying how their girls beat the uh, children from the, uh, like the school of perpetual sorrows. Like seven, uh, oh, beat them like in a race, not yeah. beat them as in no. It was, oh, it was okay. their basketball team. Okay. Yeah, when you like said... the Sacred Heart basketball team beat the uh, okay the team from like the Mother of Perpetual Sorrows, okay. whatever uh, school, which is a nice little <laughs> comment. Um, as far as one, that's what I forgot. Father Mulcahy can often get away with stuff that other people can't because he's a priest. There's one episode where a commanding officer, a general, stops in at the 4077th. His soldiers are all getting the normal grub from the 4077th, and he's dining. Like, the cook was preparing his steak and all this, and so holding up the line because he was doing this for the general. And uh, Hawkeye gets mad about that, and he's about to burst into the general's tent and give him what for for holding up the meal line for his steak and Father Mulcahy instead goes in. General is down at a table in his tent with a tablecloth oh, and nice. Father Mulcahy ends up tucking it into his pants and he's just and then when he gets up he tumbles everything off of the table and ruins the general's meal and the general says something to the effect of if you weren't a priest I'd have your butt. And I think in that big fire episode, too, he's one of the main contributors to that. I, I remember seeing him a lot in that bonfire. Could be. Could and he be. said, let him go, let him go. I know Sydney says it also, yeah. but... Yeah. Well, could be. Yeah. We'll, but we'll see later on. Yeah. He's a very central character, I guess, is the point there. And he brings a very human aspect to mash that's needed you know very human a very moral character amidst all the other moral in a different way than frank burns is. yes like like a true morality <laughs> like true morality true yeah. morality not bible thumping and ignoring <laughs> right. everything he reads morality. cares about people around him and lives life showing that yeah that's yeah he's an honest right. he's a true person he's true a genuine person. person that's that's what i'm going for genuine but, okay. Okay. Having, so we're gonna yeah. talk then about episode seventeen. Sometimes you hear the bullet, and Hawkeye's buddy drops by, and he's writing a book, and his book is titled mm. "You Don't Hear the Bullet." Yeah. And um, and he's writing this book on his experience in the infantry. Infant. His name's Tommy Gillis. Mm-hmm. He's a corporal. And. Um, also, Frank Burns and Margaret are in the tent, and Frank's back goes out, so he is applying for a Purple Heart, which is hilarious. And he, this episode also has Ron Howard in it, who plays a patient pretending that he's older. He's only 15. He's pretending to be his brother, Wendell, and his name is Walter, so that he can get in the army, and he says, well, "Marines." Oh, to yes, be because fair, the, you're right. Because Marines are tougher. He says. Yes, he he's so, a corporal in the Marines. Three different plots going on throughout yep. this yeah. this particular episode. Yep. Frank Burns is in traction through most of the episode because his back went out, so he's kind of a non-factor. And uh, Tommy Gillis just he's in the infantry because he doesn't want to be a reporter. He wants to be 
Who has to write it the way it is? The right, the way it is. Instead of reporting the war, he'll be living it and relating it. Which I think is, it's a good intention, but we'll see that that kind of turns south on him. And something important to know about Tommy Gillis is he was best friends with Hawkeye since fifth grade. And when he comes into camp, he does a big kiss. <laughs> <laughs> the only man I who can help me is Hawk. Got Hawk. I, he pretends to be wounded and needs Hawkeye, so he comes Captain up and Pierce. grabs him and kisses him. Yes. Then he grabs Colonel um, Henry Blake and he smacks him one right on the mouth. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just a, showing that he's a fun-loving guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Wendell tries to skip out before he's completely healed up. And Hawkeye says, I won't turn you in, just at least heal up first. You know, let yourself get well before you go back to the front. Even though he knows he's only 15 when he's pretending to be 21. Right. And then, what happens with Tommy? And then, well, Tommy gets shot when he goes back to the infantry. He's on the front lines and he gets shot. And um, Hawkeye comes. You have to remember, though, also, Frank Burns applied for the Purple Heart. And before we say what happens to um, Tommy, Frank Burns applies for the um, Purple Heart because his back went out. Actually, of course, I think Major Margaret Houlihan kind of made him apply for the Purple Heart. He gets it. Then to draw everything together... Tommy gets shot, Hawkeye tries his darndest to help and to pull him back together. He got shot in the aorta. Air, in the aorta. In so the aorta, his in the heart, heart. One of the main valves. And he keeps he was going to keep trying and Henry's like said, very bold, I thought. Yeah. I didn't think that was very Henry esque, but he said, Go help Trapper. He needs it. He can be saved. And at that point when he tells him that Tommy has died. Yeah. The anesthetist, who I think was probably Ugly John now that I think about it. Um, Tommy, when Hawkeye comes in, Tommy's at 80 over 50 blood pressure. And it drops by the time Hawkeye gets his glove on, gloves on, it's 70 over 50. So, and then he... It's 60 over 50. He loses the, the pressure. He loses the pulse. And then Hawkeye says, I'm going in, give me a scalpel. And that's when Henry says go and help and the thing to remember too they got swamped like they a whole infantry unit tommy's infantry unit got Got hit hit. so um just before tommy comes in we hear hawkeye ask the nurse who he's working with how many does this make i don't know i can't count that high or i can't remember so we get so they were in there a long time and this was the middle of it still right so they bring tommy in because he was very bad off but you know that's why, that's why uh, Henry does it. Right, and he knows. Mm-hmm. In fact, he says there's two rules that we learned in medical school. Rule number one is people die, and mm. rule number two, doctors can't do anything about rule number one. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but the reason I bring up Frank's Purple Heart is because yeah. Wendell, who is really Walter, as he was. Leaving, Hawkeye well, realized. You well, know and, what? And why oh, is he leaving? 
Because Hawkeye turned him in. Yes, because... because he saw his friend die trying to report the reality of what's mm-hmm. happening. And this boy just wants to go to impress a girl. Yeah. Fifteen. 15. He wants to get a medal so he can impress this girl. Sophomore in high school, basically. And just wants to kill, from the movie, just wants to kill him some gooks. And Hawkeye said... We call them people. We call those people, them people, yes. Yeah. But um, I think that's important to point out because also from that, uh, the next thing uh, uh, Walter says is... I'll hate you for the rest of my life. And what does Hawkeye say in reply? I hope it's a long, hateful life. A long, healthy, healthy hated hate. No, right. a, long, a long, healthy, healthy hate. hate. Because after seeing his friend die, he wants Walter to live out. Right. And as Walter was leaving, you can, I'm sure you've guessed it by now, they stole Frank's purple heart and replaced it with a purple earring. <laughs> and so when he was getting his purple heart from Henry... He got a purple earring, and the purple heart went to the boy to take home to impress the girl. Yeah, he got a medal I on his chest. I think if you need to impress a girl that way, she's not worth having, but... Yeah. No, that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it. it's not one of my favorite episodes because it's very sad because... You know, I have friends. One of my friends I've known since fourth grade. So I can very much relate to that situation, and I don't know if I could keep it together if that happened, you know, if I were in Hawkeye's place. and In fact, Hawkeye does begin crying, yeah. and he that's when he said to Henry, why am I crying now? I see people die all the time, and that's when Henry gave him the doctor rules. Yeah. So, yeah, it... Mm-hmm. I I have a few old friends also, and I don't I don't know how you can yeah deal with that. But you know I think it brought up a very throughout the run of Mash, especially once uh, Alan Alda starts directing and writing, we get some of these sort of anti-war messages, and I think that's kind of what we see here. Right. You know, is this it brings back the personal impact. Because, as we see in other episodes, it's very easy to become detached. Well, even the kid, Wendell, when he said, mm-hmm. I gotta get me some gooks. And then Hawkeye That's, said, mm-hmm. we we call those people. People, yeah. Because Hawkeye sees everybody as... As people. As people. And propaganda. And we can be detached, though, you yeah. know. But when we watch news stories all the time, all of a sudden... Things that you used to cry over because they were so important are now mm. everyday occurrences. Well, and you know, during World War II, the whole reason that the Japanese were portrayed as they were, as squinty, glasses, rat-like, it was to dehumanize them. Same thing in Korea, because you look at World War One and you look at the Christmas truce that happened there. If you give soldiers the opportunity to get to know their opponents they see that they are actually humans. Mm -hmm. So you actually have to use propaganda on your own soldiers. To get them to hate enough to kill them. Yeah. So, I mean, that... Because you can't kill your friend. No. And then also, you know, from a general's perspective, um, what happens when you're a general? Well, you just have flags on a board that represent so many men. And once enough of those men die, you just take the flag off the board... 
and it's gone. But you don't know any of those men. Right. And so this really, in that way, kind of shows that, no, everybody is still human. It's a very sad... And it's very sad. You know, again, I can't imagine losing a friend like that on the operating table knowing there is nothing you can do. And if you try in that situation, if Hawkeye were to try, he would lose another patient, maybe two, who he could save because he was trying to save his friend who doesn't have enough of a chance. It's, It's not that he doesn't have a chance. They replace Aortas in other episodes. But he doesn't have enough, enough of, of a chance, and he could have damaged. He could have had all his lines to the heart damaged. Also, we don't yeah. know. But we don't know what else. We're but assuming that we know that the aorta was the big, was the main was the main problem. He bled it. out. Yeah. Right. So. So. I don't know if there's anything else from this episode that I really caught. Oh yeah, that's what. Let's hope he has a long, healthy hate. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Heart. Yeah, that's. You want to tell us about episode eighteen? Yeah, sure. Season one, episode eighteen, Dear Dad again. The Dear Dad episodes are far and away my favorite ones because we tend to get a very big, broad view of the camp during those. You know, it's not just focused in on this one thing like most other episodes are. Even if it is a three-part plot, like um, like sometimes you hear the bullet. Dear Dad pulls in the whole camp and it goes over usually like a number of days uh in this one it starts you know hawkeye is writing a letter to his dad we go into surgery we say them all working he says that thankfully even though it's getting busy they have some help from a new surgeon called uh captain casey uh i yeah, I think a few things that we hear for the first time is the bickering in the operating room. I don't know that we had really seen that before. That's a pretty common occurrence. Kind of helps them blow off steam. And I don't know if we hear the term meatball surgery before now, either. I'm not sure. But those happen in there. Uh, so they get out of surgery. Hawkeye's still writing to his dad. We see Clear come up with some x-rays. Um from a patient and Hawkeye comments Klinger some constructive criticism (laughs) first of all very tasteful without being gaudy Klinger's wearing a wedding dress but you must wear a slip with the light from behind you I can see straight through to your underwear and I have so many slips back (laughs) at home so (laughs) where did you get it? mail order um we see, next we see Father Mulcahy gardening. You didn't do that. Oh, okay, good. No, uh-huh. you, you didn't do that. I just, the screens went dark because I have the auto-off feature after so many minutes for power saving. Anyway, next thing we see is Father Mulcahy gardening. Yep. It's something he does. Uh, and then he gets up and he's having some back problems, much like I am today. Except that for him, Captain Casey comes along and uh, takes him into his tent gives him a little back crack and he feels all better and then Casey says can we consider this a confessional well of course my son I am a priest I'm not a doctor <laughs> and then all, all of a sudden, sudden Father Mulcahy's <laughs> back starts hurting again yeah that was hilarious um, next scene we see Trappa, Trapper and Hawkeye walking around after surgery again and 
Hawkeye makes some comment about everybody's just just existing. drifting, just existing. I bet I bet you fifty bucks I could walk bare naked right into the mess, get food and eat. Nobody would bat an eye. I'll take that bet. And so then we see Hawkeye getting uh his dress uh it's not really a cap, his dress I don't know what it's called. Where it folds flat, his hat Cat. on with his captain's bars, and he's polishing his captain's bars with nothing else on except maybe boots. And so then we see him walk out of the swamp, walk into the mess hall. And he actually walked quite far without anyone really noticing. Yeah, he gets into line, he gets a tray, and then all of a sudden, uh, one of the corpsmen is standing, looks, and drops his tray. And then everybody looks and sees Hawkeye naked. We do, by the way, see that he's wearing shorts. But anyway, he's naked. <laughs> And uh, Trapper says, pay up, 50 bucks. I left my pants back in the swamp, <laughs> or I left my pockets back in the swamp, Hawkeye says. Next thing we see is uh, Radar going into Henry's office, and he has Henry sign something. And Henry says, so what is this Radar? Well, it's private, sir. Well, I think I sh might as well know what it is. After all, I signed it. And... Uh, apparently, Radar is trying to get his high school diploma from the AAA High School Diploma <laughs> Company of Delavan, Indiana. I think a lot of companies that we hear about during the series are from Delavan, Indiana, yeah. so they must have some good tax laws. Anyway, uh, ends up that Radar got Henry to sign that he took the exams and passed them, and he memorized all these uh, answers. But he memorized them in the wrong, wrong order. order. <laughs> so Henry starts to give him the exam, and yeah, Radar is flipping around the answers. So that's yeah, kind of funny. And then he, Henry, just finally gives up and says, "Radar, congratulations, you, you passed." You passed. Um, after that, we end up seeing a scene that we've seen before. I think it was actually out of the pilot, where Frank is in Margaret's tent. And he's saying how she's a bag of desirable bones. And uh, she's trying to turn pages here, turn lots of pages. He licks her fingers. I have a mind, a yeah, a mind, Frank. A mind and a brain. Well, of course you do. Let me kiss your brain. <laughs> Except in this episode, he gets kicked out. And the other one, she slaps him, he slaps her. And it's like, well, then they get down to business you know uh but in this one he comes back to the swamp he starts drinking which we don't really see him do no that's not yeah it's always fun when frank gets drunk it happens in the oak club at least a couple or at least once and he sings oh she has two of the most beautiful brains <laughs> i've ever seen i thought yeah. that was a funny line he's up until like three o'clock in the morning keeping up hawkeye trapper and half of the camp um but then uh what ends up happening is they finally get him to calm down a little bit and he's like let's do something what should i do fall down frank <laughs> okay he does and he whacks the tent light on his way down it's just a great scene um oh yeah. during that we also hear that it was Frank's brother who used to call him, call him Ferret, Ferret Face. Face. Yep, that's what I've written down. So we hear that a lot. So that's the first time we heard, I believe, the first I time we've so. heard Ferret Face. It comes up a and lot. it comes up a lot after, after that. that. yeah. If you look at him, he kind of does have that <laughs> kind of Ferret Face. I, <laughs> sure. 
Um, to be nitpicky. Yeah. Um, then what else? Then also, the next big thing is uh, radar brings to Hawkeye's attention. Or no, I'm sorry. The next big thing is that they're having a charity thing to help the orphans. And they apparently raised $300. Uh, Father Mulcahy was playing some piano, and then they bring oh, in yeah. Hawkeye and his swinging orchestra. Hawkeye's on this sort of improvised one-string bass. Radar's on drums. Trapper is on kind of a cross between a guitar and a mandolin. It's really big, big but guitar. it has the look of a mandolin, and then somebody's on piano, and Henry's kind of conducting. And Margaret sings. And it's My Blue Heaven. <laughs> my Blue Heaven. My favorite part of that is, in the background, Hawkeye's kind of doing a, a round with her, but he's singing something, and it's it not quite... It doesn't go Yeah, it doesn't, but it's almost throwing her off, but she stays with it. Um, and then at the end, they don't do a bad job. At the end, Henry's like, one more time, and he gets chased out of the tent. <laughs> And, and then, everybody ran out. And then one of the last things is Radar brings to Hawkeye's attention that Captain Casey really isn't a captain. He's not a doctor. He's a sergeant. If that's even if right. If that's even correct, <laughs> you're right. But then they go back into surgery. Captain Casey is working on somebody, and Hawkeye comes in and says, Why don't you let me help you with that? No, I have it, Captain. Sergeant, I th really think you should let me help you. And he realizes he was busted. Yeah. After, right after that, we see after surgery and Hawkeye saying, you keep your hands off of a patient until you have a license. And once you do, call me up. And he, this, uh, Captain Casey, or Sergeant whatever, Sergeant he says Schwartz. his name is Schwartz, Schwartz yeah. yeah. He played a, a dentist. Uh, well, he said... He, He's been, he's pretended to a be teacher? a teacher, an engineer. Was it a dentist? I thought he said a dentist. It could be, and something else. And uh, a doctor, obviously. And he just... He doesn't want to go through the boring school part. He couldn't do it by the numbers. He Yeah, he can do so it all. he's very intelligent, just doesn't have patience and mm -hmm. stamina to go through school. Yeah, and so then the episode ends with him saying goodbye to Hawkeye. Father Mulcahy, he brings him around to Hawkeye. And um, Hawkeye says, goodbye, doctor. And he says, no, no. And he points to his lapel, and there's a little cross. He's going to be a, a chaplain. chaplain. <laughs> but uh, that's Dear Dad again. One of my main points that yeah. I realized at the end, did you catch that little part at the end? Huh. When he's signing off his letter... Mm -hmm. I think I heard this correctly. He said, and say hi to mom and sis. It could be. We've heard that before. Right. You know, um, and again, that's inconsistent. It is inconsistent because later we find out that his mother is, unless she has passed away in between, but then Which, he would have been sent but, home. But no, because in the episode where his dad is trying to get a hold of BJ, um, Hawkeye is telling BJ how, or it might have been, uh, actually it might have been Charles. I think it was Charles, because Hawkeye's dad was in the hospital getting surgery. Right, I remember. And he was talking to Charles about his dad, and he said, by the time my dad got up to, pan uh, like, waffles for breakfast, my mother was dead. So, 
we well, know that's right. we so know that he was back at home before, and a child right according to that um and then i think we hear that he's an only child but during the last dear dad i think he also says my love to mom and sis mom and sis right so it's so that's just first first season yeah probably yeah um yeah, as far as consistency things go, we see Lieutenant Ginger again in this episode. Mm -hmm. Ginger Bayless. She's actually uh, gowned and masked, so we don't actually, like, see her like we do in the other episodes, but she's one of the nurses. Because uh, Hawkeye asks her for a snoo, and she says... What? <laughs> yeah, what's snoo? Nothing. What's snoo, snoo with, with you? With you. Here? <laughs> Oh, so she's in there. In fact, it showed kind of the boredom in this episode. Yes. Because Hawkeye continued to do these knock-knock jokes with yeah. Trapper. And I'm sorry, they were bad. They were... Knock-knock, who's there? Uh, Abraham even, Lincoln. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln who? who? Haven't you heard of me? Knock-knock, <laughs> who's there? Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, Jefferson. who? Did you just see Abe Lincoln? <laughs> Something like so, that. Just you know, and and BJ's laughing hysterically, Trapper. which or no BJ was or Hawkeye. Trapper. I'm sorry, Hawkeye was <laughs> laughing hysterically, and Trapper's just looking at him, going, "Oh, oh shut up." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the episodes where we see, um, acted out where it's boredom. Uh, boredom. It's you know, long periods of boredom punctuated by moments of sheer terror. Right. Which for the surgeons is obviously surgery. For men online, I that would be combat. I think they but. seem happier and in a better mood when they're overtired and yeah. working from surgery than they do during these boredom times. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think they talk about that in other episodes, either that or I've read this other places, or both, where when you're waiting, all you can do is think about what's coming. What's coming. And there's nothing to do except wait and think. But when you're in it, you don't think. You just go. You just go. And then afterwards, you can't think because... You're exhausted. So, I think that's absolutely true. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, that's... I love the Dear Dad episodes, but they don't really give me a lot else to talk about because the plot is literally everything that happens, whereas in other episodes, we can summarize the plot and then there's all this other but stuff that we can talk about. It gives about. you some character building. Oh, absolutely. You get to learn a little bit more about the different characters. So I mm -hmm. love the Dear Dads because you yeah. see how Margaret is Margaret and Frank mm. is Frank. and Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. It shows you their personality. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree with you. Yeah. So. I think that's it, though. Okay. Well, here you go. Well, well yeah. Sounds one good. One more whiskey and mash. Have a great night, everyone. Um, before we go. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, I got no. a little carried away. No, no. <laughs> You're almost done with your drink. That's okay. Um, <laughs> if you've enjoyed this episode, you know, the best thing you could do to help us is share it with a friend, a family member, a co-worker, someone who you think would enjoy listening to this. They don't have to be a fan of MASH, but, you know, just share this with them. Maybe they'll start watching it. All episodes of MASH, the TV series, are available on Netflix, so... You can go out there, that's why at the top of the show we tell you what episodes we're going to review so that you can go out and either watch them before or after you listen to this. And then you can kind of see where we're going. And, you know, then uh, we also have a Facebook page. We'll be getting a Twitter account. I'll be redoing the website. Our website oh, is narclaninc.com. Oh. Uh, I am a programmer, I should be able to. <laughs> but, um, 
you know, if you watch the show after or before listening to the episode, let us know. Go on to Facebook, go on to Twitter, send us an email at whiskeyandmash at narclanning.com. Let us know what you thought. Let us know if we were completely off the mark, if we missed something, if we got something wrong. Certainly... If we yeah. got something right. <laughs> we like positives. You know, we're doing our <laughs> best, but just like a lot of the wikis out there on MASH, they're not completely correct either, because MASH isn't always consistent. Um, but yeah, share with and a friend. And don't forget to share about your book, because yeah. Chris well, narrates... Is a great narrator. Well, thank you. And yeah, if you want to keep current with this podcast, follow us on Facebook. Every time we get a new show, we post it out there. Or you can go out to your favorite podcast application or iTunes, search for Whiskey and Mash or Chris Pullman, that's me, or Gloria Ackerman, that's me. And you should be able to find Whiskey and Mash. If you search for my name, you'll find that other show that. Uh, Gloria was talking about, and that is Chris Reed's book. That's where I'm reading chapters out of my first novel, Mystery and Deceit from Earth to Mars. I'm currently re-recording some of the early episodes just because I've kind of changed the format of the show, and also because I'm going to start submitting uh, my book to agents, and that way if I have it recorded, then I can just give them links to the MP3 files rather than, you know, that way they can listen to it somewhere instead of having to read it. Um, but speaking of MP3 files, if you don't do the whole podcast thing, if somebody gave you the raw MP3 file of this episode, which is great, share it with somebody else. You can get the raw MP3 files off of our website. That means that you can put it on an iPod, an iPad, a phone, wherever, whatever sort of MP3 player you have, and listen to it. And you don't have to do the podcast thing. And that's fine. You know, we're just happy that you're listening to us week after week. And on that note, please come back next week, follow us, share with a friend, and have a good week. Have a great week. You too. Have a great week. Thank you. I'll see you. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it's certainly. Yeah. Oh, it is raining. If it's raining too hard, just stay a minute and we'll drive you home.